This is the Elevate Student Ministry Podcast. Hi, I'm Pastor Dominic. Welcome to Elevate, the student ministry of Living Word Church, where we exist to exalt Christ, make disciples, and equip the saints. Thank you for sharing some of your time with us today. May it elevate Jesus and encourage you. Let's get started. Have you heard the joke about the boy who was writing a letter to Santa Claus? And his mom came over his shoulder and said, you have been really bad this year. Santa's not bringing you anything. So writing a letter is not going to get very far for you. So instead, the boy puts down his pen and his paper, and he runs out of the house down to the Catholic church down the street, and he swipes the statue of Mary. And he runs back to his room, and he picks up pen and paper again, and he begins writing, Dear Jesus, if you ever want to see your mother alive again... Yep. And sometimes that's, that's how we kind of approach prayer. Like, like, Lord, what is it going to take for me to get what I'm asking for? Like, what? Do I need to stand on one foot? Do I need to run around a campfire in circles? Do I have to find the right prayer? Do I need to, like, find all the exact right Bible verses? And then I'll get what I'm asking for. And so I want to look at how Jesus teaches us to pray. Now, in Luke 11, you don't have to turn there, I want you to know that what we're about to read was prompted by his disciples, and Luke included his disciples asking before he gave the answer. So in Luke 11, his disciples come to him and say, teach us how to pray. Now let's go to Matthew 6 that you turned to already, and Jesus is going to give us a template. Here's the heart behind prayer. Here is how we pray. Here's the kind of direction that we're praying in. And we're not getting to it tonight. We'll start next week. But I want to cover the introduction where Jesus teaches us how not to pray. And next week we'll begin with our Father who is in heaven. And I think most of you know that prayer already. So chapter 6, verse 1. My first, the first point that I see here is that Christian prayer is intimate. It's personal between you and the Lord. Verse 1. I'm sorry, chapter 6, let's go to verse 5. And Jesus says, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. All right, pause right there. Jesus is saying, don't be like these people. Avoid the way they think. Avoid what they do. Avoid uh, the reasons and their motivations. Don't be like the hypocrites. So who are the hypocrites. And if you look back in verse 1, see how easy this is when you have a physical Bible? Look back in verse 1. Jesus unpacks what a hypocrite is. And he says, beware of practicing your righteousness. Beware of practicing your good deeds, your religiousness. Beware of practicing righteousness before in front of other people in order to be seen by them. Jesus describes what a hypocrite is. It's someone who is trying really, really hard to be seen for how good and holy and great they are. And I'll show you that I, this is the right definition. Let's read. Now, let's keep going in verse 5. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the streets. Why? So they may be seen by others. So what are their outward actions? They're going out of their way to be seen. They wouldn't just go to Walmart and push their little stroller. They're going to go to the food section. 
on July 3rd before everyone's buying hot dogs and they're going to find something tall to stand on and they're going to pray really loud so that everyone is like, whoa, that birth, they, they, they're holy. Wow. They, they're righteous. I bet God really hears their prayers. That's not really socially acceptable anymore. We don't like go to the middle of the mall or no one goes to the mall. That would be empty so no one would hear you. But you, we don't really like go places intentionally to try to like show off how holy we are. In fact, it's probably discouraged. We're probably way too quiet about our love for Jesus and the faith that we have. But I don't think hypocrisy is limited to just trying to look holy and righteous. So many times our hypocrisy runs into many different things about our wanting attention, our wanting to be elevated. Maybe this is getting that GPA, making the football team. Maybe this is finally dating that glamour person. Or maybe it's having so many likes on Instagram or, or whatever on TikTok. And we're, we're always kind of looking for a way for that affirmation. We hunger for affirmation. I do. And we're, we're trying to be noticed. Like, I have value. I, I have something to say. I want that to be recognized. I want to tell the joke in class that everyone laughs at. Why do they want to be seen? What's going on in their hearts? They want people to think that they have it all together. They want people to admire them. They want to receive honor. They want people to want to be like them. If you're anything like me, and I'll just go ahead and put it on myself. I'm not even going to accuse you. If you're anything like me, we have to come to a crossroads of our own hypocrisy and realize that we can serve Jesus or we can serve ourselves, but we can't do both. We can be about him getting honor and him getting praise and him getting recognition or we can be about ourselves. But there isn't a fence to sit on with this. We either live for his glory or we live for our glory. Think about their prayers. Don't pray like the hypocrites do who are trying to be seen. What is actually in their prayers? What's actually transpiring between them and God? Nothing. They're out in the streets. They have their loud, fancy prayers. Everyone notices how holy they are. And everything is horizontal. And what's actually going on between them and the one they're supposedly praying to is nothing. Nothing. In fact, because they're more concerned about getting attention for themselves, for honor and glory for themselves, they're actually rivaling God for his glory. They're saying, no, 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 God, I'm really important and I need to be noticed. With prayer. Prayer, the whole point of prayer is to be directed heavenward. And they're using prayer for their attention. And so they're rivaling God. They're making themselves a competitor with God, an enemy of God for glory. And God shares his glory with no one. Check this out. Matthew 6, let's keep going, verse 5. 
They love to stand and pray in the synagogues, at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. That's it. Whatever people say to them, whatever patting on the back, whatever religiousness people think that they have, whatever people think about them that's good, that's exactly where their reward ends. They have no reward beyond that. Now think about life with me for a second. Have you ever actually acquired a dream come true? Like, I really wanted to achieve this thing, or I really wanted to own this thing, or I wanted to make it to this place, and you actually made it. Has anyone, like, actually fulfilled a dream in your life? We're like, yeah. I had a, kind of a pseudo version of that. I love muscle cars. That is, like, I had, like, 10 different magazines come to my house as a kid of muscle cars. And I, my dream car was a 69 Camaro with, like, souped-up engine, polished aluminum tires, like the works. Like, this was my dream. And my father-in-law bought my dream car. Now, you have to understand, I'm a youth pastor. The only 69 anything Camaro I'm going to own is going to be like a hoopty, and it's going to take the rest of my life and money and time to try to get it into something that moves, you know? And he bought the pristine, road-acceptable, but also drag-strip-worthy 69 Camaro. And I was like, Like, this is the greatest thing ever. I mean, I don't want him to die, but I do want to be in the will just in case. You know what I mean? Love my father-in-law. And one day he was like, you want to drive it? (laughs) Yes, please, let me drive it. It's going to be great. And he let me, and I got in at a stop sign, and he let me take off. And you know what? It accelerated faster than my Honda CRV, and it was fun. And yeah, it was great. And that's where it ended. And I thought to myself, like, what if I had spent the next 10 years saving up? What if I had taken so much time away from my family and money away from everything else so I could finally have a lesser version of this that I'm driving right now? And what I'm experiencing, this fun right here, is it. This is the maximum that I was going to get from my dream. And if you haven't lived life long enough or achieved enough things in your life to realize that everything in life is that way, then you still have some disappointment to come. Because even if you achieve that thing and it's as glamorous and glorious as you thought it would be, if you did it again and again and again, it's going to become less exciting. It'll just become old hat. And most of the time, it's not even as great as what we build it up to be. And we have people here that are striving, that are pushing. They're doing everything they can to get attention, to elevate themselves, to to be the one that everyone wants to be, to be popular, to have it together. And that's the end of their reward. Right there. And it's not going to be fulfilling. It's not going to have anything lasting. And worse, if you go back to verse 1 of chapter 6, check this out. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen for them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. So not only have you limited yourself to people's compliments and pats on the backs, but God has nothing for you because you are wanting his glory for yourself. And he will share glory with no one. 
there are a lot of ways that we can be and play the hypocrite. What are some of the ways that maybe you've tried to grab some glory for yourself? Is that sports or GPA or art or dance, music, being the funny guy or the pretty girl, being the super Christian guy, being the bad girl, knowing tons of music? What is that for you? What are the ways that you're really hoping that people affirm you for? If you can't draw a clear line from your activity to how it gives God glory, you need to rethink. Because remember, your life is no longer your own. You were bought with a high price, the very blood of Jesus Christ, and you gave your life to Jesus. Everything in our lives now is just an arrow to a saving, glorious God. Everything in us is for his glory alone and nothing less. May we decrease so he will increase. We play the background for the main person on stage. And that is Jesus. If we're looking at who Jesus is correcting, huh, it's because of their selfishness. They want glory. If, I don't know if you all have siblings, but if let's say your little brother or your little sister came to you and they talked to you the way you talk to God in your prayers, would you call them selfish? Think about it. If you got like your little sibling they're coming up and they're like talking to you in the same way that you go to God in prayer, would you just be like, why are you, what are you coming to me for? You're just a little brat the way my kids are. They're so sweet. And brats. Let me ask you another question. What if God said yes to all your prayers? Who receives the benefit? Are all our prayers revolving around me? If God said yes to everything you prayed, who would actually receive the benefit? What are the main focuses of our prayers? I challenge you to go home and read verses 9 through 13 right here in chapter 6, and ask yourself the question, what focus is the prayer that Jesus teaches us to pray? Who's receiving the glory in the prayer that Jesus teaches us to pray? What are the things that he teaches us to ask for? We don't serve Jesus for what we can get. The life of a Jesus follower isn't about being seen or receiving recognition. Check this out. Let's go back. Matthew 6. We're going to go to verse 6. They have received their reward but when you pray, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who's in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. If you genuinely believe that God hears you, you don't have to be on a street corner. You don't have to be loud. You don't even have to use verbal words. If you genuinely believe God hears you, that instead of this show it's actually a lot more about an intimate relationship. It's about you going and spending time with your heavenly father who loves you most and sitting down in his presence. It's this, this thing where his presence is close. Draw near to me and I'll draw near to you, his word says. That's our God. Jesus is instituting God times. Like carve out time of your day, get alone, Jesus says, and spend time with your father. This is what he's challenging us to do. 
God isn't in our displays of self-elevation. He doesn't care about the perfect joke. He doesn't care about our, our reposts on social media. He didn't die on the cross so that we could throw the game-winning pass. He didn't go to the cross so we could drive the best car to prom. Jesus is disgusted by everything that we do that's trying to grab up glory. You don't have to turn there, but Romans 11.36 says, for of him and through him, talking about Jesus, for of Jesus and through Jesus and to Jesus are all things to whom be the glory forever. Everything that exists is about Jesus. Isaiah 42.8, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory I will not give to another. All glory is for him. So let me ask you another question before we move on. If you were to take the whole world worth of glory and you quantified it, so you could say that there is recognizing the whole world equals 100% of glory, everything that the world can hold, how much of that glory would you say a gold medalist deserves? Would it be like half of 1%? I mean, we're only talking about 100% here. What about a soldier on the battlefield? What about the President of the United States? What about the, the biggest name in Hollywood? What of that 100% do you think they deserve? What about if the Saints win the Super Bowl again? How much of that 100% of glory do they deserve? Think about it. What about Elon Musk, who launched a Tesla into space? How much glory does he deserve of that 100%? How about when your video goes viral? How much glory do you deserve? Whose glory are we living for? Are we living for glory from people, or are we living for an intimate relationship with the Father? Let's keep going. That's verse 6. When you pray, go into your room. Let's go to verse 7. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases like the Gentiles. All right, stop right there. Who are the Gentiles? Go ahead. You. You're a Gentile? Yes. Good call. If you're not Jewish, you're a Gentile. There's the Jews and there's the Gentiles. But I'll tell you what it means in our New Testament is there are God's people, Christians, Jesus followers, and then there are Symbolically, the Gentiles, which means unbelievers, everyone else but Jesus followers, believers, born-again Christians. So he's saying, don't be like unbelievers. So this is what he's comparing. He's saying, don't be like, in their day, idol-worshiping, sinning pagans who have no interest in God. Don't be like them, these people that are worshiping other idols. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Oh, wait. Sorry, back to verse 7. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Don't be like the Gentiles. They think they're going to be heard because of their many words. This means like those prayers that we memorize and we just say it on repeat. Our minds aren't even engaged anymore. We're just repeating it. Wrote. This means that people that pray on and on and on and on and on and on. These are the people that use fancy language when they pray. Suddenly, they switch into King James for no reason whatsoever. Our Father, thou shalt if thine look downeth on my greatest sin. And you're like, who talks like this? But suddenly when they pray, they switch into it, right? This, this idea that if we pray in this way, 
if we pray these prayers enough times, if we pray the right prayers in the right way, now we'll be heard. And by heard, the Greek word there means that God will respond. If we do all of these things, we figure out the right mathematical spiritual formula, God will give us what we want. Don't be like the pagans. Don't be like the Gentiles, like unbelievers that are just trying to manipulate, trying to figure out the system. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you even ask him. What are the intentions of the Gentiles here? Have you ever asked your parent for something and they said no? Yeah, obviously. Have you ever gone the step further and you really tried to convince them harder? Right? Have you ever like played sort of like the, uh, the emotional game where you're like, I'm going to wait till they're in a good mood to ask them again. Or if you're really smart, you wait until they're really tired and they just don't care. Right? Have, have you ever tried to compare their parenting with somebody else's? Well, so-and-so, they can do this. Have you ever tried to work it out where like, no, no, you don't understand. This is what's best for everybody here. Have you ever done that? No, none of you guys. Y'all are so holy. No one in here has ever done that before. Have you ever tried asking over and over and over, trying to wear them down over and over, and the overs are getting annoying over, right? Trying to wear them down. Let's be honest, that's just manipulation. We're just trying to get what we want. How many times do we approach our heavenly Father with the same attitude? If I pray with my many words, if I use the right language, if I find the right verses, if I, if I pray long enough, it means more. If, I've, if I memorize certain prayers and just I repeat them again and again and again and again, it's going to mean more. And then, then God will hear me. Then I'll get what I want. This is like the little kid from the opening joke who steals the Madonna from the Catholic Church. We're just doing what we can to try to get what we want, right? But followers of Jesus don't act like unbelievers. Those who have been actually convicted by our sin that have turned to the grace of a loving God and been saved by him, who gave our lives away to him, those kinds of Jesus followers aren't concerned with manipulating the king of kings, but, but submitting to the king of kings. All hail, King Jesus. You are the Lord of heaven and earth. Lord means master. That's a direct translation. Master, you are my master. I come to you humbly, Lord, with my prayers, and I humbly accept your answer. And check it out, what Jesus says, for your father already knows what you need before you ask. God's got this. He's omniscient. He knows everything there is to know. He created it all. He planned it out. It is in motion because he's pushing it. And we are in his hands. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. I love how he both, Jesus both points out that he is omniscient. He knows what you need before you ask. But then he calls God our Father. In fact, he's called God Father five times in eight verses. 
And this was radical. Israel called God the father of Adam. Israel called God the father of their nation. They did not call God father of individuals like you and me. For Jesus to start off a prayer and the idea that we call God father, our personal father, was radical. And Jesus says, your father already knows. He is almighty, omniscient, sovereign, and in charge, and he loves you. 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 He actually cares about you. And so almighty, sovereign, omniscient, controlling everything God is in your corner. In fact, you've chosen to be in his corner, to be more honest. But he loves you. Romans 8, 28, he's going to take everything in your life and he's going to turn it around for good for those who love him and those who are called according to his purpose. Are you called? How do you know? If you love him. We don't come to God trying to get our way. We come to God submitting. Lord, here's my prayer. Here's what I'm asking for. You're in charge. How did Jesus pray? Not my will, but your will be done. Do you have that kind of love? Do you have that kind of submission to your heavenly Father? This recognition of God's being active, that he's conducting our lives, it gives rest to a believer. We don't have to beg. We don't have to say the right words. We don't have to perform the right ritual. We don't have to steal Madonna. We don't have to muster up enough faith. We don't have to muster up enough faith. Or we don't have to search and figure out the right formula to get what we want. He's ahead of the curve. He knows what we need. We can relax that his yes or no is actually perfect for his glory and our good. We can rest in that. Thank God for unanswered prayers. Boy, I bet you we have some stories in this room about that. I don't want to, I don't want to leave without saying this. That what we discern as good may not be what God discerns as for our benefit. Did anyone follow me with that? Because sometimes what is for our benefit and what is for God's good in our life, for his glory and our benefit, hurts. And it's uncomfortable and it's long. And yet, we have a father who's with us who's already ahead of us in our prayers. Your Father already knows what you need before you ask. I challenge you to practice Christian prayer, the kind of prayer that is personal and intimate with your Father, and the kind of prayer that is submissive and surrendering to his hands. And you're going to find rest when you see God as both omniscient and all-powerful and dad, you're going to be able to find a rest in that. So are we praying to manipulate or are we praying to submit? Recap. Matthew 6, Jesus gives us a template for how to pray, the Lord's Prayer. Go check it out. Study it up for next week. You'll enjoy it. Prayer is not meant to draw attention to ourselves, but it gives glory to God. Our prayer time is intimate between us and our Father. Prayer is more effective. Prayer, I'm sorry. Prayer isn't more effective through any formula. 
Prayer is about submission to an all-powerful, all-knowing God who loves you. And we can rest knowing that he's in control. Two challenges for you this week. The first one, read Matthew 6 and rewrite. This is so, like, if you haven't done this before, try this. Go to those two verses of the Lord's Prayer and rewrite them in your own words. In your words. So instead of saying, you know, our Father which art in heaven, you can say, Heavenly Dad, who is close to me, who is actually presiding over everything, who sees all from your throne of glory, at the same time being my dad. Go and rewrite it in your words. Enjoy it. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be prayerful. It's going to be God-honoring and glorifying, and you're never going to read the Lord's Prayer the same again after you've done that. And the second thing is let's follow Jesus' instruction. Let's cut out a little space every day. Here's my challenge to you. Cut out a little space every day to get alone, to block out distractions, and to not make it about your glory, to let down being on for everybody and spend time with your Heavenly Father in prayer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for teaching us how to pray. Lord, I pray that we will not be like the hypocrites and we will not be like the Gentiles. Lord, you are loving, you're gracious, you're in control, and we can find rest knowing that every hard time is ordained by you for what you're doing for your glory and our good. Thank you, Lord, for these e-group leaders. Bless them as they lead discussion. Open up great discussion. Let your students dig deep. Let them come up with questions that they answer and questions that they get to table for the future. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening, and a special thanks to all of you who have subscribed, shared episodes, and left reviews. If you would like to learn more about Elevate, you can visit us at iloveelevate.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for everything you do that brings faith, hope, and love to the world around you. Now go, follow Jesus.